All right, bow your head and let me pray, and then we're going to get into the Scripture. Father God, thank you this morning as we look into your Word that you open our hearts, that you fill this service with your life and love just as you've done already, and that your grace is on us in Jesus' name. Everybody said? I want to read to you again out of Romans chapter 8. I'm going to read Romans 8, 1. And so I'm reading out of the New King James. And so listen to what this has to say. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Here's what we found out. We found out that the moment you made Jesus your Savior, the moment you invited Christ into your life, you were put in Christ. That verse says, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Now, here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want to remind you of. When you accepted Christ, the Bible says you were transferred from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of light instantly. And you are part of the family of God. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You don't work for it. You get it because Jesus paid for it. Once you are in Christ, the blessings of the kingdom of God belong to you. You don't earn them. You don't deserve them. You don't work for them. You get them because Jesus paid for them. That verse says that when you're in Christ, you are no longer condemned. When? Now. The promises of God are now. Now, are there going to be promises in heaven? Absolutely. But you don't have to wait till you get to heaven to get the blessings of God. They belong to you now. You are no longer under condemnation now. Now, what did we find out condemnation means? It means to pass sentence or to pass judgment. You and I deserved judgment. We deserve death. We deserve hell. We deserve the grave. We're sinners. The Bible says so. The Bible says we've fallen short of the standard of God. I deserve to be sentenced, but I'm not because Jesus took my sentence upon himself. He paid the price for me. He brought me and you into the kingdom because of what he did at the cross. So there's no condemnation in my life. There's no condemnation in your life. What about when I do wrong, pastor? You're covered in the blood of Jesus. What about when I blow it, pastor? You're covered in the blood of Jesus. Jesus took the penalty for your sin. And he took it once and for all time. So I'm not condemned. You're not condemned. Listen, you're not under danger of condemnation. See, people can think, well, man, it's not raining. And it's not raining because God's ticked. He's not ticked. Okay? He was ticked. And he took that out on Jesus. And we're not condemned. We're not under judgment. You're not under judgment. Are you following me? There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. If you know Jesus as your Savior this morning, 
you're in Christ. Now, the second part of that verse says that you're supposed to walk in the Spirit and not the flesh. Here's what I know. Lots of people read that second part and they disqualify themselves. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, you think, hey, that's great. That works for Pastor because I know Pastor walks in the Spirit. But you see, I make mistakes and I blow it and I don't walk in the Spirit. That's not what it means. I want to read another verse to you. Excuse me. Romans 8, 8. Listen to what this says. It says, so then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Oh, my gosh. If I stopped right there, we're done for. Have you ever noticed how this thing goes with you everywhere you go? This body? Have you noticed that? You know you have flesh this morning, right? Keith, everywhere you go, it doesn't seem to follow you everywhere. It's with you everywhere you go. So if this verse says that if I'm in the flesh, I can't please God, well, then I'm done for. But that's not what it says. Listen to the rest of it. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells in you. All right, I got a question. Does the Spirit of God dwell in you this morning? Yes, it does. How do you know, Pastor? Because I invited Jesus into my heart. How many of you, by a show of hands, would say, Pastor, I've invited Christ into my life? Okay. All right, Chris, you know what that means? That means the Spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. Right over your shoulder is Zach. I know the Spirit of Christ dwells in Zach. So the scripture I just read says that if you've invited Jesus into your life, you're not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. Another way to say it is we're in the kingdom. So when I invited Jesus into my life, I was a citizen of darkness. I was a citizen of the kingdom of darkness. But the moment I heard the gospel as a 12-year-old boy and I invited Jesus into my life, God picked me up and put me in his kingdom. I was born again. You were born again. And I'm no longer in the flesh, but I'm in the spirit. Listen, what's happening to my flesh? Well, it's getting old. It's decaying. Now, if you're 17, you think, no, my flesh isn't decaying. It's just decaying slower than mine, right? Okay, it seems like things speed up as you go along. Okay, but the life of God is on the inside of me. You see, I have eternal life on the inside of me. You have eternal life on the inside of you. And because of that, you're in the spirit. Because of that, you're not walking in the flesh. Because of that, you're not judged. You're not sentenced. You're not condemned. All of that happened when you invited Jesus into your heart and he became your savior. I heard somebody say not very long ago that the blessings of God are costly. That we want the blessings of God, but we don't want to pay the price. Okay, here's the point, folks. Jesus paid the price. I didn't pay for the blessings of God. My Savior and my brother, Jesus, paid for the blessings of God and turned around and gave them to me. Were God's blessings costly? Yes, very costly. Could I have purchased them myself? I got a little money in the bank, very little. I've got some money in my pickup. I won't tell you where it's hidden. 
You can't buy it, can you? No, you can't. It wouldn't matter what you have. You can't purchase the blessings of God. You can't be good enough to deserve the blessings of God. I get it because of what Jesus has done for me. Jesus paid the price on the cross, and now I'm not condemned. Amen? All right. That's, yeah, amen. That's good news. <clears throat> That's what the gospel's supposed to be, good news. Now, last week, do you remember I held up this little blue book, and I only had one. Michaela's like, yeah, I remember. You didn't give us one. Okay. Well, I'm fixing that this morning. I had these blue books, and I gave one to Ashley But everybody else is going to get one today. And I want to explain something to you. Anytime you read the Bible and you see the phrase, in Christ, the verse I just read, use that phrase. Or you see the phrase, in Him, referring to Jesus. Or you see the phrase, in whom, which is referring to Jesus. It's always connected to a promise that belongs to you. In Christ, in Him, in whom. It's connected to a promise that belongs to you. Now, here's the cool thing about this little book. Every one of those verses have been compiled. You don't have to look for it. You don't have to look them up. You don't have to try to figure out how to find them. They've all been conveniently put in this little tiny book. And I have a bunch of them at the red desk. I want you to get one for free. The church paid for them. I want you to take it home. What if you spent the summer reading this little book and looking up those verses and finding out what blessings God has for you? Change your life. Now, let me tell you something. <clears throat> Back in the 70s, I had hair. Amen. It was, it was nice hair, too. It was. Vicky and I moved to Tulsa to go to Bible school to prepare to get into ministry. And one of the first books I came across was this little book right here. And it changed my life spiritually. Here's what I found out. I found out that God was not my problem. He was the answer. Have you ever lived your life where you felt like God was the problem? I have. how, How do you know, Pastor? Because you try to stay one step ahead of God. You try to lay low and try to stay out of God's way. Okay, I can remember when I was a kid, I would do that with my dad. You just kind of lay low and stay out of the way. Because if you were at the wrong place at the wrong time, you'd get a whipping. Now, I had a good dad. I'm not saying I didn't, but you know what I'm saying? And sometimes we treat God the same way. All right, this book helped me understand that God was for me, not against me. Now, I don't know about you, but that revelation changed my life. That God was a good father. That happened when I read this little book. Now, <clears throat> I want to show you. Oh, here it is right here. There's a pastor in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and his name is Willie George. And he has a church called Church on the Move, and it's a really large church. And we've been to a lot of the things that they do. And I respect him, and I admire him a lot. And I was listening to a podcast one day that he did. And in this podcast, he mentioned a book that he was reading and how much this book had ministered to him. Well, because I respect him and admire him, immediately I thought, I want to read that book. So I got online and I found it and it was two volumes and it's called Romans by Donald Barnhouse. 
Now, because he said he was reading it and it had helped him, I wanted some. So I got online and I ordered them and I've been reading them. Now, I've already finished the first one, and all these little tabs are places where I've marked it up so I can go back and find things, and then I'm halfway through the second one, and uh, I haven't marked it. I don't have all my tabs in it yet, but, I, but I'm working on it. Wh- why am I showing you these? Because I respect and admire Pastor George when he said that this book administered to him, I wanted it. Okay, your pastor, who you respect and admire... Come on, thank you. Is saying that he read a book that changed his life and he went to the trouble to order them. He went to the trouble to have them out in the in the red desk for you to get one. Now here's the good news. Aren't you glad that Pastor's book is not like Pastor George's book? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Y'all are excited now. Yeah. 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 If, if I told you this morning I had these out in the foyer and you have to read this, I know exactly, y'all would be like, Lord Jesus, right? Pastor, just read it and tell us what it says, okay? All right, so the point is, you know, if I was a regular church member, whatever that feels like, okay, and I wasn't the pastor, you know, anytime somebody that I admire says they're reading something, I always want to read it because I admire that person. Listen, this book will help you grow this summer, and it'll help you see the benefits and the promises and the blessings that belong to you. And the first one I just read to you last week and this week is that we're not condemned because we're in Christ. Amen? Now, with the time that I have left, I want to show you another verse, and I want to show you another promise. I'm going to go to 1 Corinthians 1.30. <clears throat> Excuse me. First Corinthians one thirty. I'm going to read to you out of the King James Bible. We're going to go old school this morning. The King James Bible was the Bible I had in Bible school. It's the Bible that I cut my teeth on spiritually. There, I didn't have any other Bible but the King James. Not very many people read King James. Even today, I don't read King James. I read the New King James, or I read the NIV, or I read the New Living Translation. But we're going to go old school because I want, to see, I want you to see the promises in this verse. Now, listen to what it says. 1 Corinthians 1.30. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus. Did you catch that word, ye? That's King James, man. That's old school, King James. All right. But here's what I want you to see. The very first sentence, do you see the phrase, in Christ? Did you see it? Remember I said either in Christ, in him, or in whom. Okay, so the very first thing it says is, but of him are ye, or you, in Christ. Now stop right there. All right, that should identify you. All right, Sean's sitting right back there in that black T-shirt, and I know he's a believer, and I know because he's a believer, he's in Christ. I want you to get this. If you know Jesus as your Savior, then what this verse is about to say belongs to you. Keith, right here on the front row, I know he's a believer. And I know because he's a believer, he's in Christ. And the promise belongs to him. Are you with me? 
How did he get the promise, pastor? All he had to do was be born again. The moment he said yes to Jesus and Jesus came into his heart, the promises belonged to him. The moment you said yes to Jesus, the promises belonged to you. Now, I'm, I'm about to blow up on the inside. You don't earn it. You don't deserve it. You get it because you're born into it. How do you get born into it? You just accept Christ. You see, every one of you were born naturally. Then you must be born spiritually. There's two births, right? Why is the queen the queen in England? Because she was born into that family, correct? Because that's exactly why she's queen. Now, some other things had to happen, but she was born into that family. I can't decide to be the king of England, can I? Why? Because I wasn't born in the right family. Everybody's born naturally, but then everybody's born spiritually. My second birth was into the right family. You see, my daddy's a king. The Bible says he owns the cattle on a thousand hills. The Bible says that he measures the universe with the span of his hand, which is your finger to your thumb. Okay? He has everything that belongs to him, belongs to me, and belongs to you. Are you with me? And I get it because I'm born into it, not because I'm working hard to make it happen. Now, let me show you what this promise says. It says, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, whom God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Now, with the time I've got left, here's what I want you to see. When Stephen invited Christ into his life, the Bible says that the Spirit of God moved on the inside of him. The Spirit of God dwells on the inside of you. The Bible says that Jesus Christ is your Savior. So when Jesus moved inside of you, he brought four things with him that you get that are mentioned in this verse. Here's the first one. The first thing you get is wisdom. Is there anybody in here today that needs some wisdom? Maybe you're making a financial decision. Maybe you've got parenting issues. Maybe you're trying to decide where you're going to go to college. Maybe you're trying to decide all kinds of things in your life. Anybody got stuff they're trying to figure out? Okay, well, if you've got Jesus, you've got wisdom. It's not out here. It's in here. How did I get it? I got it when I invited Jesus into my life. Do you all think Jesus has any wisdom? He probably does, doesn't he? Okay, where does he reside? Inside of you. He's not the sky God, is he? Remember last week I talked about the sky God? You know, God's out there somewhere. No, he's not. He's right in here. So you get wisdom. When you said yes to Jesus, you get wisdom. The second thing you get is righteousness. What's righteousness? Righteousness means right standing. Okay, what does that mean? That means you have a relationship with God. Why do you have one? Because of what Jesus did. Is it because of what I did? No. Is it because of what you did? No. It's because of what Jesus did. Righteousness is right standing. So when Jesus moved on the inside of me, I have right standing with God. He's not mad at me. And I have a relationship with him. So I have wisdom and I have right standing. Here's the third thing. Now, folks, this is just one verse. One verse. One. And you get four things. Pretty good, huh? 
All right, here's the third thing you get. The third thing you get is sanctification. Now, that's a big word. What does it mean? It means to purify. You know what happened? I'm 12 years old. I'm a kid. And the pastor comes to our house and tells us about the gospel. And he says, do you want Jesus? And I said, I believe I do. And I prayed and invited Jesus into my life. From that point until now, I'm walking along doing my life. I started at 12 years old, and I've walked all the way to today. Have I made mistakes? Oh, yeah. Have I blown it? Oh, big time. Have I done some things I wish I hadn't done? Absolutely. But all along that way, you know what Jesus has been doing? Working on the inside of me to change me, to mold me, to shape me, to purify me in his image. He's doing the very same thing in you. So you've got wisdom, you got right standing, and you get sanctification. Who purifies me? Do I do it? Lord, no, I don't do it. Jesus does it on the inside of me. And he's doing it on the inside of you. Here's the fourth thing you get. You get redemption. What does redemption mean? It means to purchase, to buy. I've told you the story. When I was a kid, my mom collected green stamps from the grocery store. And that lady would put her finger in that thing and spin it. And them stamps would come boiling out. And she would take those stamps and go to the Green Stamp Redemption Center. And we would beg her for those stamps. They had a toy aisle at the stamp store. Do you think I got anything? No. My mother was a mean, hard woman. No, she wasn't. She wasn't. But she wasn't giving me her stamps either. She had a drawer in the kitchen, and, you know, you'd lick them and put them in the books, and she'd let us lick them, but she wouldn't let us spend them. No. And that drawer was full of those books of stamps. She would take them out ever so often, and she would go to the stamp store, and she would get something. Now, I'm not, I wasn't mistreated. I didn't get anything from the stamp store, but I got stuff other places. I don't want to get in trouble when I get to heaven with my mom, right? <clears throat> but she redeemed them. Listen, you've been redeemed. You were in prison, the prison of sin, the prison run by the devil. And Jesus came to the front gate and he said, I'm here to get them out. I'm here to get Ty out of prison. And Jesus said to the devil, you got to let him go. And the devil said, no, he belongs to me. He said, well, I'm here to buy him. What will it take? And the devil said, it's going to take your life. It's going to take your blood. And he bought him out of prison. He bought you out of prison. He redeemed you. Purchased you from darkness. Now listen, don't miss this. I know it says a lot. You're in Jesus. And because you are, you get wisdom. You get righteousness. You get sanctification. And you get redemption. You get all of it. Did you earn it? Lord, no. Do you deserve it? Lord, no. Do you have to work for it? Lord, no. It belongs to you because you're in Christ. Every bit of this is in this little book right here. Now, I had a Bible teacher say one time that the blessings of God won't fall on you like ripe cherries off a tree. You know what that means? Well, you know, well, if God wants to bless me, he will. That's not true. What you don't know will hurt you. The Bible says, that God's people perish for a lack of knowledge. If Keith had a bank account with a million dollars in it, but he didn't know it, would it help him? No. If Candy knew it, would it help him? 
That'd help her, wouldn't it? Yeah. All right, if that's exactly how the blessings of God are. If you don't know what they are, they can't help you. But as you take time this summer to go through the promises of God, you educate yourself, you find out what belongs to you, you know what will happen? It will change your life. Because then you know who you are and you know what belongs to you. Amen? Amen. Y'all stand up and let me pray for you. Now, on the way out, don't forget to grab a book. Don't forget to come to the picnic tonight. Let me pray. <clears throat> Father, I love you. Lord, I'm grateful for your blessings. I'm grateful for everything that belongs to us. I'm thankful that we're your sons and daughters and you're our Father. And I'm thank you that your hand is on our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Don't forget to get you a book. Y'all go and be blessed, and we'll see you this afternoon.